Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Commonwealth Games, uh, well, it's well and truly underway. The track and field programs got underway. But what is it like to compete at the Commonwealth Games? Just how nerve-wracking it is. It's, I've said it in the past, it's different to a lot of events like the Olympics because you've got opening ceremonies, you've got all these other athletes, you've got the villagers. Uh, sometimes when you compete just within your own sport and you go and do a circuit, you don't get a lot of that stuff. And so suddenly you've got to deal with the peripheral. You've got to deal with the pressure and the expectation from the New Zealand public. Well, one man who understands it has been to two Commonwealth Games back in 1990, over 5,000 metres and over 10,000 metres in Victoria back in 1994. He's a sub-four-minute miler. He pretty much won every national title you can, represented New Zealand at World Cross Country Championships. And these days is coaching here at a junior level in Auckland. His name is Phil Clody. joins us evening to you. Phil, welcome. Hello, Mike. Uh, Mark, how are you? Got Sorry a about that, bro. No, it's all right, <laughs> Phil. Hey, um, just, just going back, what, what are your sort of memories of your time at the Commonwealth Games back in 1994? Oh, look, um, I was a very newbie in terms of that space um, back in 1990. And um, it was quite horrific actually getting to the 1990 Commonwealth Games because not many people probably know this, but they delayed the um, selection of the 5K field because the 10K wasn't on the weekend of the selection trials. And there was an issue with Peter Renner at the time because he wanted to run three events, 3K steeples, which he was ranked in the world, and then the 5K and the 10K. And so the 10K was like two weekends later or two weeks later. And so... When the team was announced, we were told that they weren't going to do it on the night that they announced everyone else. So it was actually quite stressful. And because I was a novice, it was actually um, a little bit disconcerting for a couple of weeks here. And I don't know, emotionally it kind of messed me up a little bit, but I got over it pretty quickly once I'd been named. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it was being a newbie, um, it was, a, um, it was a, a big game because... It, you know, at the time in 1990, the 5K field was actually um, Yob Zondieki. I think he was close to the world record or the world record holder. A guy called John Nguki who won the 88 Olympics. Um, there were guys like um, Jack Buckner, who was a European champion. Um, and I th- there was a few other um, runners that were, you know, in that sort of 30-minute type level that at the time was world record level. So um, the quality of the field was pretty awesome, actually, and so it was a bit daunting. Um, And I'd improved sort of out of sight the year before uh, in Europe. And and, um, so being a newbie, I was like on the cutting line in terms of making qualifying for it and then 
on the cutting line in terms of making the actual final, which ended up being a, a famous one um, with Andrew Lloyd winning it. Mm, the greatest, uh, the, after, yeah, the great Australian Andrew yeah, Lloyd. Yeah, yeah. So Lloydy, Lloydy won that day with his kick, and uh, unfortunately, John and Googie, I think, went down in the screaming heat. Him and Night Yodes on the Eki got tripped up, and they went uh, fell over that night. And he ran some crazy middle laps to catch up to the field. So yeah, it was well pretty pretty awesome. And I unfortunately got to watch it from the stand. Mm, mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, Phil, I, I, I mean, it must be hard though, isn't it? I mean, you, this is the childhood dream. You want to represent New Zealand at the Olympics or the Commonwealth Games. You get the call up. Um, you know, we often see athletes fail at their first ones uh, and then successful at their next ones because you sort of got to understand it. How much of a distraction is it with all of those other things, like all the other athletes, the media hype, the village, um, you know, the food halls, all those things you've heard about, and then finally you are there in that environment? Well, it was really weird because we were at home. In 1990, we were at home. And because we were at home, you kind of experience life at home but in the village, if that makes sense. It's hard to explain um, because we were locals. But the thing is that it didn't change the fact that this thing was a big big deal. And um, I don't know. It, it, was a, it was a funny mix because it was my first games and... Um, the other side of it was that it was my first fully, other than the World Cross Country, was my fully first track and field mm. kind of world-level um, situation. And so there was a lot of things going on that um, made it uh, a special event, being at home in Auckland and just the atmosphere and Kiwis and the whole thing. And I got a bit of it in 88 when I got picked for the World Cross Country. I was pretty new to that level, and so that made it, um, or that 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 I don't know that that kind of um, having not been exposed to it as a younger person, maybe, yeah, um, yeah it just made it a a, a far different experience. Yeah. Whereas in '94, it was a, a more I'm a seasoned athlete. I got four years of this behind me. Mm. Um, I'd, I'd done a European campaign um, for, I don't know, what was it, four weeks, and we'd raced and done the whole thing. Um, it was just such a different experience, but it was in an event that I was actually new to. Mm. So that, that was a different experience again because uh, Victoria was really unique and, um, yeah, yeah, just 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 two um, very completely different um, experiences. But... They were they were just um, what they were, you know, and you just have to suck it up and go with it. Um, and you know, no doubt, a lot of the, the younger people now experience the uh, Birmingham um, Commonwealth Games are going through the same issues, you know, that we did. So yeah, yeah. Okay, let's look at um, let's look at Sam Tanner uh, and let's look at Geordie Beamish because they are our men in the distant side of the sport. Um, we've got Quentin Rue there in the ten thousand metre walk, Zoe Hobbs in the women's one hundred, and Portia Bing in the women's four hundred metre hurdles. But let's talk some distance running. Uh, firstly, let's start with Geordie Beamish. He's had a, a bit of a meteoric rise. He's put some very good times on paper. He's run very well at the collegiate and in, inside of the United States. What can we expect from him? Does he have enough? big game experience? Has he raced enough at a higher level in terms of the quality of competitor? Um, 
I think he's probably a little bit like me. He probably hasn't had enough of that hardcore international experience you, you sort of need um, before you hit it. So he's a bit of a hit and miss in terms of what comes out, like proven by the world champs the other day. You know, it was hot, um, unbearably hot, I think, up there. And it was, we had the same in 94. Um, it was, uh, you know, he, hey, there were some seriously classy runners there. Um, he's a 13, what is he, 13, 12 guy? So yeah, 13, 12 indoors. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, that's a very different experience to being 13, 12 outdoors, especially against guys like uh, Jacob, Jacob Ingebrigtsen, who is a 13, uh, 12, 48 guy. And, you know, the guys around him were, you know, under 13 minutes. You know, even though he's run thirteen twelve, he's he's probably on any given day a thirteen twenty guy. Mm. And while that's serious quality, world world class, it's still not probably enough to mm. really feature in a major championship. And and it's a hard game. You mm. know, it's a the sport is a hard, ruthless game. And um, you know, unless you're the quality of John Walker and Peter Snell or Dick Quacks, um, you know, and Rod Dixon. Um, even, you know, uh, laterally, um, Nick Willis, um, you know, it's a, it's a hard game. You know, if he was running 12.55, um, then we could be talking, you know, a medalist and being in the mix. But at, at 13.12, he's kind of there, but not quite there. Well, it's not just 13.12, is it, Phil? I mean, you've actually got to run your personal best. I mean, it's all very well having a personal best of 13.12. Yeah. It's another thing actually hitting yeah. those times in a championship meet. I remember, I think, Zane Robertson, I, I was lucky enough to be there in the Gold Coast four years ago, I think, ran very, very well um, and ran yeah. a personal best. We've seen Dick Taylor back in 1974, but few guys go to the big meets and actually have the ability to pull out PBs, particularly in distant types of events, because there are just so many variables. You're absolutely right. The the variables are the, the key to it. You know, timing, situations, how well you are, um, all of those things that make having that exceptional day exceptional. And, you know, um, it can be four years in the making, it can be eight years in the making, it might be 20 years in the making. It just depends on the timing mm. and um, and how much talent someone has mm. as well. You know, and adding heads based on the day, how you are, how you're reacting to to what's a pretty important part of your life and, and the work that you've done to get there. Because think about it, it's actually not like going to work each day where you go and do a job and you're rewarded with a paycheck at the end of the week. It's actually about you are rewarded with a gold medal if you're that good at the end of... And there's only one gold medal rewarded at the end of that time, may Generally, I would say between 10 and 12 years for all of those athletes to be rewarded. And then there's all the discards that are anything below third place because you don't get a medal and no one cares about fourth. And a finalist is, as certainly in the media they don't, um, you know, that actually that's an achievement in its own right because they've got a peak on that day. Um, and their reward is a medal or making a final or whatever. And not only that, but generally in most sport um, on a world stage, you've got to be a full-time athlete basically to make it anywhere because 
while you might have talent, you've also got to work your ass off to get there. It is 26 minutes away from eight uh, two times Commonwealth Games representative, uh, sub four minute miler, uh, won pretty much national championships across all disciplines these days, coaching um, in, a, in, in a new and running the central hub. Uh, coaching initiative across five junior clubs. My guest is Phil Clode. Um, Phil, so for the, uh, do, do, does a um, athlete like Geordie Beamish does he does he need this to be a fast paced race? Um, I actually think the slower it is for him, the better, because he's got an, an amazing kick. If you've watched any of his races, when he's when he's on, he's got a phenomenal kick. You know he's He's John Walker, Walkerish in terms of his speaks, um, which which is really freaky, but you know, like it's neat to see. Um, but yeah, he's super quick. So the slower it is, which in at Commonwealth Games level was can tend to be a bit tactical. So you know, he's in the mix like um, you know old Lloydy back in 1990, um, pulling it out of the bag last couple of hundred metres. He was on fire. So mm-hmm. you know, I think. I think it suits him this lower, actually. Okay, Phil, let's just quickly touch on Sam Tanner. Um, he has had an Olympic Games behind him. He's returned from the States, getting coached by Craig Kirkwood. He's another guy that's got a very good kick on him. Um, what can we expect from him? Has he got enough experience? Can you see him uh, potentially making the 1,500-metre final? Absolutely making a final, being in the mix in the final. Um, you know, you saw a guy the other day who's who was really a dark horse. I actually was going to put money on him, actually, on the TAB, just to be as a little side bet. Who, who are we he talking about? Jake Whiteman. Yep. And he was he was paying, like, $53 for the win, which is amazing. And because, you know, um, I'm not a gambling man, but I just keep an eye on it just to see what's going on because I've got friends that are. And it was like, wow, shoot. But you know who I bet on? Josh Kerr, who's his... Who's the guy that got silver in the Olympics last year? And he's a 329 guy, or 329, 328. Anyway, I, I can't remember his times, but Jake, Jake Whiteman like pulled it out of the bag, but he's always had the potential to. And the issue for Sam would be that he's a 334 guy. Um, it would need to be kind of suited to him. Um, sort of that mid-race, because if they go 3.30 in the, in the final, and let's face it, there's three Kenyans that could come out of anywhere and just set it up that fast, um, you know, record's full, because mm. those guys are in shape. They've, I mean, they ran, you know, Jake two weeks ago won the World Championship, so, you know, mm. good for England. Hey, Phil Clode, we'll leave it. Hey, Phil, lo- lovely to have you on the program, mate. Thank you. Lovely to reflect back on your own career, mate. No worries. Yeah, no, good. Yeah. Good. I hope you're still jogging a bit, mate. No worries, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you st- been fantastic. Are you still jogging a bit? No, not enough. Come on, mate. I'm just riding, you know. Yeah, no, I can't. I can belly, belly, you know, smaller than. Um, <laughs> you know, trying, trying to keep that middle age. You know, Spread. like they say, you know, yeah, yeah keeping yeah. that off my, uh, yeah, because uh, I kind of, I had a love-hate relationship with my running when I ended. It was like, yeah, I'm, I really don't like this anymore, and it's like been so hard. Hmm. And then um, I had a daughter that had some talent, and I thought, 
ah, bugger this, I'll, I'll, I'll do some, I'll see if I can help her. And I got back into the sport um, with coaching and it's been wonderful and rewarding. And yeah. there's, there's some super talent around. That, mm. That's all I can say. Is yeah. New Zealand's all with the talent. Yeah, I understand your daughter got a talent from her mum. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, Phil, lovely <laughs> lovely to have you on the program. Thank you, mate. Cheers. No worries. Cheers, mate. There you go, Phil Clode joining us. Uh, boy, Phil was along with Alan Bunce and guy you talk to guys like Peter Renner. Um, it was a really nice little era there in the 1990s uh, with those group of guys. Robbie Johnson, another one in the mix. Dale Warrender. Um, Dale probably had his moment more later on in 2004 in the marathon. But, yeah, just a really, really cool time. I was lucky enough to be sort of a small part of it. We, I just do the odd long run with these guys, uh, hang on for dear life, and then go home in the fetal position for the rest of the day.